Thank you. You can be seated, please. If you would, please, turn your Bible this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through 7. What I want to talk to you this morning about is that uh, in preaching all these years and trying to serve the Lord all these years, I've heard every excuse under the sun why people won't come and receive Christ as their Savior. What I want to do today is answer some of those problems that people have of coming to Christ. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'd like to begin to read in verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. There, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not a crown except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that labors must be first partaker of the fruit. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray that if somebody's here, somebody's listening, that uh, some reason or another, they're trying to make an excuse for not coming to the Lord or Savior this day. They will try to clear those things up from your word today that somebody might receive you. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, first of all, I thank God for His long-suffering. I have thought about it many, many times that uh, like the young lady that got saved a few weeks ago, I looked down and saw her sitting there on that front pew and I thought to myself, I wish I'd have got saved at that age or younger. And I, but I got saved when I was 26. And I thank God He's long-suffering. Amen. He put up with me until I was 26 years old before I come to know Him as Savior. I think God, He's not willing that any should perish. The Bible said He wants everybody to come to repentance and to be saved. And yet, I do hear people all the time making excuses before the Lord for not coming to Him. There are many difficulties that lay in the way for people who need to come to Christ for remission of sins. Now, I've been serving the Lord all these years, and I think I've heard just about every excuse under the sun for not receiving Him. Now, the Scriptures give the answer to all these difficulties. And I want to help you with them this morning. Number one, I want to talk to you about the difficulty I can't hold out. You ever heard somebody say, well, I did say, but I just can't hold out to the end. You know what the answer to that is? I can't either. Ain't nobody can. Now, what they say, though, I'm afraid I'll sin after I get saved and lose my salvation. 
Now watch this, please, in 2 Timothy 1, and look at verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, where we was reading a minute ago, just back up a little bit, verse 12. For the which cause also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What helped me when I, I used to feel like the same way, I can't hold out. And because I was brought up in the denomination that said you had to hold out to the end to be saved. And I felt to myself, I can't hold out to this thing, salvation to the end. I know me, and I know I'm liable to slip up. But when I read that First Timothy 1 and verse 12, where it said that He keeps us. Amen? Now notice, uh, Philippians 1 verse 16, being confident of this very thing, that He which has begun, begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, so if you wait till you feel that you're able to hold out to the end, you'll never get saved then. Thank God He's able to keep you. In John chapter 10, verse 27 through verse 29, Jesus plainly says, As many as my Father gives me, no man is ever lost. None can be plucked out of my hand. In other words, if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to be your Savior, He said He will keep you. It's not a matter of you holding out to the end, so you, you, can't, you don't have that excuse no more. Or you got to come to the Lord. Some will say, I'm so weak and easily led astray. But thank God for His present promise to this. I want to show you something. Isaiah 40. I love these verses because I use them a lot for myself. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is weary. There is no searching for his of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. <clears throat> Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Amen. If you'll notice there, it's not a matter of you being strong. It's a matter of we got a strong God. Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, Fear not thou, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, surely then, <laughs> the grace of God is more than enough to make the weakest strong, it's enabled us to, to overcome our discouragement. I do know this. When I got saved, I thought everything was going to be perfect after that. I found out very quickly, I'm still in this world. And I can still dis get discouraged. I can still get down. Amen? And I found that every child of God that gets saved, that happens to them. And it makes you want to think, I'm so weak that I can't, I, then I, I can't, uh, I'll be led astray. Something will take my salvation away from me. But I find in the Bible, thank God He's the one. He gives us strength in our weakness. Amen? So you don't have that excuse anymore. 
Then there's another one that says, My friends will make fun of me if I come to Christ. But anyone who makes fun at a sinner getting saved is not your friend. The Bible says the Lord is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I love friends, and i got many of them. I heard a man say one time, if you come to the end of your life and you can count true friends of yours on one hand, five true friends, you are a blessed person. And I believe that. But i got more than that. God has blessed me so much over the years with true friends. But brother, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if those people around me makes fun of me coming to get to Christ to be saved, they're not your friend. Jesus is a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. And if I can make every young person, if I can make every old person understand that if somebody makes fun of you, that's their problem. It's not my problem. And I know the Lord Jesus Christ will stick with me. Some fear if they become a Christian, they'll be ostracized by their relatives or their family. I know one thing. Jesus taught Himself. He came in this world to call father against mother, or father against son, mother against daughter, and son, and everything. He calls Jesus came in this world, and he's going to cause division within the family. By that I mean that uh, if you're in a family and one is a Catholic, one is a Baptist, one is a Methodist, you're going to have problems in the family. There's only one way to God. Remember that. That's through the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've got different family members and they have some other denomination or some other teaching than the blood of Jesus Christ and that alone for salvation, you're going to have problems within the family. And some won't have nothing to do with you. I know I have a problem my older brother did have, and we've overcome that greatly, but he goes to a different denomination. And every time we get together right after I got saved, he want to fight. I mean, he just gets so mad because I wouldn't come over to his side and see it his way. And I'd use the Bible, and I'm so glad that God kept my mind in the Word of God and gave me the assurance of my salvation. And I know in whom I have believed, and I know I'm persuaded that He is able to keep me against that day. But we get in argument. I never will forget. There's a man named Don Glenn years ago. It was at the churches I was at, and he was a missionary to the Jews in the Tampa Bay area. And he'd come by and get me, and we'd take, go out and witness to these Jewish families that he'd had contacts with. And I'll never forget one night, we went into this young couple's home. And we took the Bible, and they wouldn't take the New Testament, but they'd take the Old Testament. And so we'd get in the Old Testament in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, and he taught the 53rd chapter of Isaiah to those, that young couple, and he said, now look at it very carefully. You cannot say, it was reading the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, that's not your Messiah. And they looked at it very carefully, and both of them broke down and wept, and understand that Jesus was their Messiah. And they took Him as their personal Savior. They're at that table that night. And I never will forget it. As we started to leave, both of them started to cry. And Don turned around and said, can I help you? Is there something wrong? And they said, yes, there is. Our daddy and our mama will bury us tomorrow when we tell them we receive Jesus as the Messiah.
because you see the Jews, the Orthodox Jews still looking for the Messiah to come. But he, Jesus is that Messiah. He is that Savior. And they said they'll literally have a grave-sized service for us and mockingly bury us and have nothing to do with us the rest of our life. Well, let me give you something. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. I know one thing. I love my daddy. I love my mama. I love my brothers. I love my kin people. But if they're against Jesus, I'm against them. And I don't care who they are. If they're against Jesus, I'm against them. I'll take Jesus. Thank you. And He'll be there when everybody else is gone. Now listen to me. Some say, my business prevents my being a Christian. I know one thing. We had a businessman who used to come here to church. And he went down to First Baptist Church and joined that church. And I went to visit him. I said, did I say something wrong? Or did I preach something wrong that you had moved to another church? No. He said, I'm just going down there because more people go down there and I'll have more influence or more uh, chances to get customers there in my business. Now listen, that's no reason to move your membership. Amen? But I know a lot of unsaved people that they will use the excuse that they got a business and they can't be a Christian and run a business. Now listen to me. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36 and verse 37, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We used to have a man came here and he used car dealer. I used to have more fun with him because he was a good Christian man, but I'd always tell him, you can't be a Christian and be a used car salesman. He said, I am too now. I, I'm honest with people. Don't tell me that stuff. I remember when I bought my first 50 Ford. And I, I $250 I paid for that thing. I went over there and the man said, the little old lady drove it back and forth to church is all it's ever been drove. And I said, son, you really going to like this car? And he, I said, man, this thing. But he run the speedometer backwards and and back in those days you could do that without get, uh, getting put in jail and I bought that stupid thing and it used all like crazy I had to rebuild the engine and everything else in it and I used to tell him a used car dealer you can't be a Christian and be a used car dealer and we used to laugh about that but you know there's a lot of unsaved people believe that stuff they believe that you can't be a Christian and be honest with people I got news for you. Did you know what? The Bible teaches if you'll be honest with people, I don't care in business or out of business, God will bless you. Listen, Luke chapter 5, verse 27, 28. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all and rose up and followed him. Some of the greatest businessmen that I ever met are rich people, Christians. J.R. Letourneau of John Deere Tractor Company is one of the greatest Christian men you'll ever be around. I, I, I can't think of the ones that I've had in my office come down and talk to me years ago when I was trying to raise money for college and talk to him. 
and they'd come in my office, sit down and talk with me. And I'll never forget one man that uh, he'd come all the way from Chicago and sat in my office and he said, I said, what is the, what is the secret of your success? He said, well, I got saved. I got born again. And he said, I was in the sheetrock business. And he said, I started tithing. And he, he, he took out his bill for it. And he, he, he said, I learned something. If I would give a dime of every dollar that God blessed me with, and he laid a dollar down, he said, I give a dime, and God blessed me in with a dollar. He said, wait a minute. He said, well, I'll give a dollar then, a, a tie, and he said, and God give me $10. And he kept going like that, and the first thing you know, he had $10,000 laying there on my desk, and how God had blessed him with it, as he rose up, and he says, now, I own the sheetrock business. And he's a multi-millionaire. Now, wait a minute. First, he received Christ as a Savior. Never mind where I have influence in my business or not. Never mind that I have to be a crook or, or, or right of business. And I see Christ first. Now God's changed my heart. And I want to do right by everybody else. And then God said He'll bless you. So don't give me that excuse that I'm afraid I'll, come, I'll be a Christian and I can't have a successful business. Yes, you can. I'd rather have God bless my business and house small than I have not God bless my business and have everything in the world. Because I'll be the winner. Listen. There are some people I just can't forgive for what they have done to me. Now listen, we all have those kind before we get saved. I know of one thing. Miller Dixon dated my wife. He took her to before I got say before I got married to her, I was going to her, it was only sixteen or something like that. And uh, she got mad with me. No reason. I didn't do anything wrong. But she got mad with me and uh Miller asked her to go to the movies with it. And uh I've said this all the time. Since the day I got her back I I told Miller one day I was sharpening my knife. He sat down beside me on a bench and I said, Miller, I hear tell you it, it went to my girlfriend to the movies. I said, Miller, I'll cut your throat if you mess with her again. My little knife was about that long. And I never will forget. I was sitting there with him. And, and later on, now think about this. I, now we're saved, both of us. And one day, I come home from work, tired, been laying box all day, and my wife said, Guess who called today? I said, I don't know who. She said, Miller Dixon, he wants to come by, but you called him back and say he's not welcome to my house. I don't like Miller Dixon. Because he dated my girlfriend years ago. Now let me tell you something. I learned after I got saved I can forgive anybody. And I even forgive Millard. You know why? Because I think of this, of all God's forgiven me, I can surely forgive somebody else. Amen? Without that, I still don't like it. Amen? But I tell you what the truth. In Christ Jesus, you can forgive anybody. And I had to learn that. 
But I got news for you. If you got something against somebody, come to Jesus. Let Him give you a new heart, a new love. And then you can forgive anybody of what they've done to you. Listen to me. Jesus said in Mark 6, verse 14 and 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. And if you only think of what Jesus has forgiven you for, He can forgive you. Amen? Now, another difficulty in coming to Jesus, especially among young people, is look what I have to give up to become a Christian. I believe the lust of the eye and lust of the flesh has kept many a sinner from coming to Christ. But this one thing I know, when a person gives their heart to Christ, you will not care for the worldly things you used to care for. Jesus so much more satisfies the heart of the believer than the Christian considers a real privilege uh, to be led aside by the sins of the world. I am a sinner saved by grace. I'm just like the rest of the world without the Lord. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I want the things of the world the flesh does just like any other sinner in the world. But I thanks be unto God He gave me the victory over the world. Amen? I don't have to go to the way of the world. I can say no. And I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me to give me that power to do so. And I can say to you, if you'll come to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll take Him as your Savior, then you don't have that excuse ever again to say that I'm going to lose something. I've gained everything in the world when I come to Jesus. I've gained friends. I believe I've gained health. I believe I've gained wealth. I believe I've gained everything that I could desire in this world because, first of all, I came to Jesus and let Him take care of me. Others have the difficulty of feelings. They say, I know I'm a sinner and I want to be saved, but I just don't feel it. The word feeling is found in but one scripture in connection with salvation. Listen to it for just a minute. It refers to man who is past feelings. On the other hand, Faith in Christ is mentioned 300 times in connection with salvation. Conviction is one thing. Emotions is another. But emotions does not always follow convictions. Our feelings are like the weather. They change all the time. If I waited on the time that I feel salvation, that I feel saved, or I'd be lost half the time. I don't feel saved all the time, do you? Man, I, I've had a headache so bad sometimes I can't see the floor. I sure don't feel saved then. But I got news for you, where I feel it or not, I know I am. By the grace of God. It's not by feelings. Somebody said, I'm waiting for the hairs on my head, arm to the back of my neck to stand up and have a feeling, and then I'll receive Christ. You'll die and go to hell because you don't trust feelings. Feelings have nothing to do with your salvation. 
somebody, I, I got to see the light. No, no. Not by that. It's by faith in that alone. So if you come to Jesus Christ, forget about your feelings. I've watched something being a preacher all these years. Inviting people to come to salvation in church or in their homes. And I've seen people literally break down and weep like a little baby and come to Christ. I've seen others that uh, they come down and just look you straight in the face and say, Preacher, I believe what you said. I believe the Bible said I'm a sinner. I believe I am. I want Jesus as my Savior. Not a tear. Nothing emotional about them. They just simply trust Christ as a Savior. I want to ask you something. Who got saved the most? Did that one weeping and crying and screaming and hollering about their sins? Or that one who just comes and said, I need Jesus as my Who got saved the most? They got saved the same. It's not a matter of emotions. But we all got some. I remember the night I got saved, I cried like a little baby. I didn't want to do what I used to do anymore. But I think God, brother, it had nothing to do with my emotions. It had to do with me trusting what the Word of God said for me to be saved. So if you're waiting for a feeling, don't wait for that. Come to Jesus Christ. Notice something else, please. If you would, and I'll finish. A few times I've heard people say, I'm too great a sinner to be saved. I had literally this happened right here in this church. A man came forward at the invitation one time. I went down to pray for him. And I said, why did you come? He said, I want to be saved. I said, thank the Lord. I started praying with him, started showing him in the Bible how to be saved. He said, preacher, you don't understand. You don't know me. And he started telling me all the bad things he'd done. He said, I think I'm too great a sinner for God to save my soul. And I said, sir, that's not true for this reason. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be on your knees. God's got you under conviction. He's got you right where He wants you to be saved. Listen now. I'm too great a sinner. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost. They come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Didn't say how great a sinner. He just said he come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Others say I can't understand everything about God or salvation. Therefore, not now. Wait a minute now. I don't understand all the Bible even after all these years. I was sitting just yesterday. And I'd love to go back in in the beginning, God. <laughs> Every time I go back to the book of Genesis. And I read those little words, in the beginning, God. That blows my mind. Before all of this, before the world was ever formed, before there was ever a human being, an animal, or a plant, or stars, or moon, or sky, or anything else, there was God. You understand that? I don't. I believe it. 100%. But I do not understand it. Brother, if you wait till you understand everything, you'll never get saved. I don't understand electricity. But I like what old preacher said one time, I ain't going to live in the dark. Amen? Now, let me give you something. It's the same way by faith. It's the same way by salvation. 
I don't understand it all. But if God said for me to do it, to get saved, I'm going to do it. Just that simple. Now listen, one other thing. People say, I tried to be a Christian once, but I failed. But I failed. Let me ask you this question. Who was to blame for you failing? Was it you or was it God? If you fail, that's your problem. God never fails. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And you know what I can tell anybody in the world today? If you'll come to the Lord Jesus Christ, He will never fail you. Listen, did you seek the Lord with your whole heart? Luke 18, verse 38 and 39. And He cried, saying, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And that which went before rebuked Him, that He should hold His peace. But He cried so much more, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Listen. Did you count yourself unreservedly to Christ and trust Him with all your heart? Psalms 27, verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Did you make sure you were saved by believing what God says in your word? 1 John 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now watch these, please. If you did these things, I come to God unreservedly. I guarantee you one thing. When I was sitting on that front chair, and I was asking God to save my soul. Anybody in that place could come to me and told me, get up and get out. I ain't leaving. I come to get saved. Amen? And you say, preacher, did you commit everything to the Lord? I prayed order and saved me. I'll quit doing everything in the world. Unreservedly. I held nothing back. I want to give my whole soul and body, soul and spirit to the Lord for salvation. I believe what He said in His Word. Amen? I guarantee you, if you'll do that in your own heart, He will save your soul. And you're without excuse of coming to Him. Amen? You know what Jesus does? He stands in the book of Revelation and He says, Come unto Me. I'll in no wise cast you out. He wants to save your soul. If you'll come. Stand with me. Heavenly Father, we come today on the power of the Holy Spirit and His blessings upon our life. We could not be the Christian we want to be without the Holy Spirit in us, leading us, and guiding us. And we know we do not receive the Holy Spirit until we make a commitment to Jesus as our Savior. Then He enters our body and gives us the power to do all that we know we should do. But the first comes by faith. I've never seen God. I've never seen Jesus. But I know He's real. I talk to Him every time I pray. He talks to me from His Word, the Bible. We have fellowship with one another. I know He's real. And I pray to God that You'll deal with somebody today and let them understand to wait another second is foolishness. 
They have no guarantee of another moment according to thy word. Only by the grace of God will we live one second longer. Help us to somebody to say today, this moment, I will receive Christ. And then I'll depend on him to take care of me. Bless us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Let's sing page 17. 